Folks, it may get a bit contentious today. We've got two Pac-12 legends in the dojo. Well, one of, them more so, one of them more so than the Go other. Go Buffs! To the podcast, former Stanford Cardinal and NCAA champion Isaiah Salinda. Isaiah, rumor has it that you guys used to make the Bucks scrub, or sorry, the Buffs would scrub your clubs after you beat them so bad in Pac-12s. Is that true? Uh, yes, that is a fact. That's really I disrespectful. <laughs> I love that. They were always at the bottom of the leaderboard. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that did happen, I, I think. <laughs> so you grew up in the Stanford area, you know, in the Bay Area, and mm-hmm. uh, eventually ended up playing there. And one thing that I like to ask uh, really good players and, and professionals when you were younger, were you a range rat or did you like to get out on the golf course? What was your identity when you were a kid? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, growing up, it was definitely a little bit of both. I would, um, my dad introduced me to the game at like three years old and, you know, he would take me to the driving range with him pretty much every day. Um, you know, every day after school, we'd, we'd go to the driving range and, <clears throat> Um, I didn't really have like a consistent like course to play until like high school when I became um, a junior member at Olympic club. But um, I'd say up until then, like I, I did spend most of my time practicing, um, you know, on the driving range and just working on every part of my game. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess I did, I used to play Harding park every weekend uh, with my buddies, like there was a youth on course deal and I'd, I'd played for like five bucks. So that was a pretty good deal. Um, that's, that's pretty sweet. Wow. But uh, I, I would say that as I've gotten older, like in college and now after college um, as a professional, I, I, I'd say I've been practice or spending more time out on the course. Um, I guess I kind of enjoy the competition more of um of playing on the course with my friends with, you know, something on the line, some money on the line and just in trying to kind of recreate that, uh, that tournament environment. So, I mean, it's definitely important to get your time in on the range and get your reps in on the range. But recently for me, I've been, uh, spending more time on the course. So to get a little bit in your amateur career, you played two U.S. amateurs, one at Pebble, the other at Pinehurst to, to the, premier American golf courses and you and you made it to the semis of Pebble and then the round of 16 at Pinehurst so going into Pebble what were your expectations and how did your play affect uh your confidence and your and your uh mood going into the uh 2019 season with Stanford as, as well as on your own yeah um so that that summer that was the summer of 2018 I think right yeah um mm-hmm. That summer was was pretty important for me because, um, you know, going into that summer, I, I, I still wasn't fully committed to to whether I was going to play professional golf or not. Um, you know, I was kind of leaning towards it, but, you know, I was weighing my options, um, you know, was thinking about maybe getting a summer internship or, or trying, you know, kind of going in a different direction. Um, but my coach at Stanford, Conrad Ray, he kind of just convinced me to to treat that summer like a like a golf internship and just play and play in the best tournaments you can and um, 
you know, luckily at that time I was ranked high enough where I could play in all of those, those big tournaments. Um, and that's what I did. I mean, I, I played really well that summer. Um, I think it's, it kind of started at NCAAs that year. Uh, finished like top 15 there and then went on to play a bunch of, a bunch of big amateur events. I uh, won the Pacific coast amateur that year at Olympic club. And then, yeah, about a few weeks after that was, was the USAM. So yeah, I was feeling good about my game and, you know, I was just excited to finally play in a USAM because, um, you know, it's, it can be, it's definitely more difficult to qualify, uh, out of California and Northern California, especially, um, I'd been like first or second alternate a ton of like so many times. So I was just excited to finally play in a USAM and, and to finally play Pebble because I, I hadn't played it before that week. Yeah, I was going to um, say, was that a kind of a home game for you? I mean, Pebble, it's not super far from San Francisco. Yeah. But that was your first time playing it. So were you kind of, did you kind of know what to expect going there? Like, did you know what conditions would be like? And were you familiar with like the, you know, POA and grass types? Yeah. And that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean even though I hadn't played the course before, like I felt like I was kind of familiar with it. Like everyone knows, everyone probably knows every hole at Pebble Beach, especially the, you know, kind of the famous um, iconic holes. But um, yeah, I, I did feel comfortable there just cause um, you know, I grew up just an over an hour away and playing courses that were similar in terms of, you know, the grass and the weather Um you know, we had a great week of, of weather, um, that week. So yeah, I felt super comfortable that had a lot of, you know, Bay area supporters out there, um, some family and it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was a very memorable week. It was, it was awesome. Wish I could have, could have done a little better, but, um, you know, looking back on that, I think that that week kind of gave me the, uh, the confidence to, uh, to turn pro, uh, the next year. What'd you like better Pinehurst or Pebble? That's a tough one. They're they're both so different. Um, I would have to say Pebble though, but oh come on, I, I will. <laughs> Chris, I know. Chris I'm loves Pinehurst. I'm a West Coast. I'm a California boy, but uh, I will say that Pinehurst number two was uh, it was probably the toughest tournament course I've played. Um, I love I loved it. It was it was hard, but um, you know I I enjoyed the challenge of, of playing that course and. Um, yeah, that was another good week, but, uh, I, I guess I'm just, I just felt more comfortable out at Pebble, um, just being from California and everything. California boys, stay California boys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I will say though, Pinehurst, especially in that USM looked like an incredible test of golf. Like you had to be, you had to hit your yeah. irons so flush to hold those greens yeah. that were well, firm. The fast, tabletop greens, rounds. it's ridiculous when yeah. it gets firm. Yeah. So I yeah. I really enjoyed watching that USM. That's kind of what I took away from that is it really yeah. separated who was playing the best that week. Oh, for sure. It was yeah, it was it's it's a very stressful course to play because there's there's really not any holes out there where you're like, all right, I think I can make a birdie out here on this hole. <laughs> um, even if, even if you have like a short iron or a wedge, like you're just, you're really just trying to, to hit the green. And if you don't hit the green, just miss it in the right spots. I think this is a fitting question uh, with it being master's week. So unfortunately you did fall at that final hurdle in the semis, but as that, 
as that match got deeper into the back nine and it was getting tight, was was the Masters on your mind? To be honest, it wasn't. I mean, the only time I like really thought about it was was probably on the first tee before we teed off because they had like the they had like the U.S. Open trophy on the tee just as kind of oh, a reminder just of taunt uh, you. Oh, <laughs> of, of, yeah, exactly. That's tantalizing. That's just tough. reminding us of what we were playing for, but. After that, like once the match started, I I honestly didn't even think about it. Um, you know, after the match, obviously I knew like, damn, I just felt a little bit short. But um, yeah, it it definitely didn't have like, it wasn't on my mind much at all during the match. So, you watched today at all, Masters? I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, um, I woke up pretty early here on the West Coast to to watch some of it in the morning, and then it was. Uh, the delay, delay or the the rain delay, but um, I watched a little bit of it. Uh, it seems like it's playing very different than it usually does, but totally. The Masters is always fun to watch, no matter when it is. All right, so whether you like it or not, you and Brandon Wu are kind of attached at the hip. How much do you guys push <laughs> each other to get better? Or I mean, do you guys have any death matches out there? <laughs> you know, we, we definitely did. You know, we definitely did in college. Um, you know, we're both just super competitive. Um, and yeah, we both we both pushed each other really hard. Um, you know, we made each other better just by being around each other every day. And just, you know, I would see things in his game that, um, that I tried to improve in my game. And he probably saw some things in my game that he tried to improve in his game. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely miss being being a part of the team and being around my teammates every day. That's something I definitely miss. And, uh, you know, Brandon was, was an awesome teammate. I mean, he's, he's living out in Texas now, so I, I really don't see him that much anymore. We still talk and I did see him last week in, in Houston, but um, yeah, I think you can definitely say that we, uh, that we're competitive and, and we push each other in college. So if, if you guys go out tomorrow, you have a death match, like Chris said, Who's winning and how much shit talk goes down? <laughs> um, I'm going to say I'm going to win. Obviously, that's an easy, that's an easy answer. Easy. Um, it's an easy win. You got to back like, yourself. I like the confidence. Yeah, of course. Um, what did you think he was going to say, turned, Sean, that he was going to lose? No, I just want, yeah. I just wanted him to shit on, <laughs> I just wanted him to shit on Brandon a little bit. That's yeah. all I was trying to do. Uh, I, I mean, I can do that. Sure. Um, <laughs> just lay into it. Yeah, I, I would definitely be doing more of the shit talking. I'm definitely more uh, a little more verbal on the oh, course, yeah. like if you, if you know sweet. me. But um, he's kind of more of like a silent like assassin. Silent assassin. Um, yeah, but uh, it'd probably be pretty high stakes. I don't you know I don't know exact I don't know what game we'd be playing. But it, you guys it would big be gamblers? Um, we we dabble in it. Yeah, um, yeah on the course especially on the course. Yeah. That's, you know, in terms of like sports gambling, I'm, that's, uh, I'm not, not as confident in my sports gambling as I am, as I am when I'm betting on the course. I can tell you confidently but, uh, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. It's just a shot in the dark every time, but yeah, I mean, we, we'd be playing for high stakes and I'd say I'd, I'd probably crush him like five and four. If it was match play tomorrow. We were that's playing. Tomorrow. Hopefully yeah. we'll get Brandon on him. We'll, we'll, 
we'll tell him that for you. Yeah, I mean, especially now because he's probably just playing video games at home. He's not practicing. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's great. Wow, just laying him out the drive. What does he play? It. Fortnite. I think he just plays COD, like Call of Duty. Um, I'm not a big video game guy, so I don't know. But um, yeah, that's what he plays. Well, while he's wasting away playing COD, you're getting better. I know, I'm grinding, you know. Trying to make your way. Exactly, exactly. dedicated to the game. You're leaving him in the dust. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so so you had a stellar 2018 summer, and you had a great senior year. You won the Western Collegiate, and then I believe you also won the your home, uh, the Stanford Regional. But at once you got to NCAA's, you guys are kind of flying under the radar, and you're facing you know Oklahoma State and Texas, who are stacked and the heavy freight favorites. How'd you guys manage to rally and you guys really peaked at the right time. And at the biggest moment, you guys came in the clutch. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we were, you know, we were flying under the radar and we, we were underdogs, even though, you know, we had been playing so well. Um, We were coming off four straight wins uh, going into NCAAs, but like, I think our ranking, like our golf stat or golf week ranking, like didn't really (laughs) go up that much. And we felt like, um, you know, we were under the That's radar and, and, and yeah, and everyone else was just talking about Oklahoma state and, um, Texas and those other teams. And we just felt, you know, you know, we, we can definitely win this thing. Um, it's a long week. Um, and once you get to match play, you know, anything can happen. And yeah, it was just kind of a magical week where, um, you know, everything kind of came together at the right time. And, you know, I, we had a really deep team that year and, you know, we knew that we could count on everyone there playing, you know, the three through five, those guys, those guys stepped up at the right times. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's still crazy to think about it, but. How'd you guys celebrate? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, we, we were lucky that we, uh, we flew private out there. Wow. Um, one of our, one of our, yeah, one of our. Donors. I don't think CU's doing that. <laughs> no, probably not. But yeah, uh, we, we yeah. don't talk about it. We can't <laughs> let Chris on a private plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we were definitely spoiled in Stanford, but uh, every year at NCAA's we we um we fly out there on a private jet from one of our donors, and that last round after we had won, there was just like a like terrible thunderstorm. Like it just started pouring. And we were literally just sitting inside like with the trophy and we're just like, man, like we just want to get home. And luckily, like there was just like a little break in the storm. Um, and we just like rushed to the airport and we were able to, to get out of there. No problem. Um, so, yeah, we popped a little champagne on the, on the flight back. Just kind hey, of, yeah. you know, just kind of. Yeah, just reflecting on what had just happened. It hadn't really sunk in yet. And then when we got home, we had a little uh some of our friends and some of the some of the girls on the on the women's team kind of set up like a not really a surprise like celebration, but um just kind of a nice celebration for us that night. So uh yeah, it was That's awesome. a commercial was answer. Night. You know, this is a crazy night. We know it's a crazy you, night. You can, we, you can some imagine. other you can, shit went down. Yeah, I'll leave it to your imagination. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
let's so, just let's just say that I had I had to go to class the next morning. Oh and no! Oh god! I had I had to leave in the middle of it. For uh, I had to go to the bathroom in the middle. Of it, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. So were yeah. you when you guys got back to campus? Like Stanford athletics is obviously a pretty big deal. Were you guys like a huge deal? Did you get? you know, a big round of applause. <laughs> the, the the yeah, yeah, exactly. Get and ask for autographs. What was it like coming back? You know, big shots on campus. Open bus parade in Palo Alto. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, we got home. We got back home that same day. Um, but it was like a it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday. So I don't know if word had really gotten out that fast. But, you know, golf team flies a little bit under the radar on campus. Exactly, but yeah. uh I mean, you know, once the word got out, yeah, but like once the word got out, um, you know, and other athletes, I think, I think the cool thing about Stanford is that, um, the athletes, the entire, you know, student athlete community and and even the non athletes, like they're just all super supportive of, of each other. And, you know, we keep track of, you know, how the other teams are doing, what everyone else is doing. So, um, yeah, we definitely got our credit and it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was cool to be a part of that. I got to ask you two questions uh, about college before we move on. Sure. Have you met Tiger? I have met Tiger a few times. <laughs> do you want? Do you have any? Do you have a Tiger story for us, or is it? Did he just come to Stanford and you met him? And he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first time I met him was my sophomore year. I think he um, he was just on campus practicing. Um, and I will, I will say like that, that day when I was like walking into our practice facility, like, uh, in the parking lot, like I, I saw him and his, his friend, I think Rob, like his, his yeah. guy that just oh, yeah. mystery friend. Yeah. we were talking yeah. about Robbie Mac today. Like we don't know what his yeah. deal is. You know, he's just, I, am, I don't really know either. I guess they're just, they're just friends and yeah, he just hangs with them all the time. But, um, yeah, I remember he's just. Yeah, I just remember like walk like approaching him, um, and like literally like like heart was racing. Like I, I like didn't know what to say. Like got up there and I like literally like froze. Like I I almost forgot my name, but uh, it was it was pretty cool. Like he's just he just has like this presence about him, this aura about him that makes him seem like not human. But um, you know, I, I didn't really get to talk to him that much. He was kind of kind of just doing his own thing. Like he was getting ready for a tournament at that time. And I remember we all pretty much just like gathered around on the driving range and just like watched him hit balls. Um, And he was also his outfit that day. He was wearing like shorts and like a muscle, like tank top, like sleeveless, (laughs) just like, just like Jack, just like ripping tiger. Yeah. Yeah. Just like ripping drivers. He was definitely a lot bigger at that time. So what, um, you just came to Stanford to practice and you happened to see him there. Did you know he was there and you came over? I, I, yeah. Yeah. We, we all knew that he was going to be there to practice. Um, and yeah, I mean, we didn't really like want to bother him too much, but uh, that was about it. I mean, I know in the past, like when he comes, when he's been to campus um, and like the, the two teams are there, like, you know, I've heard from from guys on the team before me that like um, he would always kind of answer their questions, and he was like super receptive to 
whatever they had to ask him. But it's at that time, it just seemed like he was so focused on just like what he was doing, getting ready for the tournament that um, we didn't really have time for that. But it was so cool just to be around him. And, yeah, that's and, awesome. Know. Yeah. My second question for you is, and you may have a commercial answer for this too. Do you have any hazing <laughs> stories from when you were a freshman? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, <that's> <laughs> um, no, we don't do that at Stanford. Sorry, that's about all I could say. You guys are just good, class uh, A, professional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure but I mean. Stanford's very professional like that. To be honest, though, like compared to what other schools do and like what I've heard, you know, at other schools, like, like I, I really like I wasn't hazed at all my freshman year. Um, you know, obviously freshmen get a little more um, grief than the other guys on the team, you know, just doing like, like, right. you I, know, yeah. just like the task oh, that no one wants stuff. to do, just yeah. little things. But in terms of like actual hazing or, or things like that, like, no, nah, we didn't really do that. Um, you're, you're probably the hazer. You're, that's why you don't say, you <laughs> probably haze, you probably haze the shit out of the freshmen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Of course. Yeah. He's yeah, too nice. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, the freshmen like probably loved and hated me at the same time, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the seniors, me, Brandon and, and Chris Myers, the other senior, like we really tried to take the three freshmen at that time. Like we tried to take one of them and just like take them under our wing and kind of like mentor them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did our best Here, to like, carry my know, bag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That too. I mean, we obviously did our best to, to kind of show them the ropes and, um, you know, just kind of help them through their freshman year. But obviously we give them a lot of shit too. And, um, <laughs> yeah, there's some stories. As you should, as you should. Probably think it, yeah. But nothing, nothing, uh, nothing terrible. Yeah. Everyone goes National through. champions, national champs don't haze. Come on, Sean. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't want to spend too much time talking about Stanford because you did play in the Walker cup at, Hoylake and you went two and one individually you guys ended up winning but I think it's difficult for like the average golf fan to really grasp what the Walker Cup means to someone who plays in it yeah so can you just kind of put into perspective what that experience is like and you know the thrill of of actually winning it yeah um yeah I mean I'll start by saying that I I guess even I didn't even know how big of a deal it was yeah until like you know, you get there, you get there, like we got there like a week early, um, you know, to try and to try to adjust to, you know, the time change, play some courses there, get a feel for the type of golf course, type of golf we were going to be playing. But there's also just a bunch of like, you know, ceremonial activities and nice dinners where you, where you learn about, you know, the history of the Walker cup um, and you meet some former Walker cup captains and former Walker cup players and, just hearing them talk about it um, and how they have those memories with them for the rest of their lives and just um, what an honor it was for them to, to represent, you know, the United States. It was, I think, you know, that week is when it really kind of uh, hit me that this was, this was a really big deal. Um, You know, I mean, I I knew it was a big deal going in, but once you, once you're there and you experience everything um, and you, and you get to learn more about, you know, the history of that event, um, you know, it just means more to, to play in it and obviously to win it. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I'll, 
the memories I have looking back, most of them are, aren't even like on the course or like during the actual event. A lot of it was just, you know, kind of being around the team um, and meeting all these people out there and just like, yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience that, you know, I'll obviously uh, carry with me for the rest of my life, but it was, it was the biggest honor I've had to, to represent, to represent the USA and that. So yeah, it was awesome. I can't even imagine. It means a little extra. Also probably means a little extra too, because you're about to turn pro and it's just kind of like that last little bit of college golf or something similar to that. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I have, I kind of had a decision to make, um, going into that summer, if I was going to turn pro after graduation or, uh, or stay amateur that summer and try to make the Walker cup team. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was kind of a hard decision, but, you know, I feel like I definitely made the right decision to stay amateur and, and, you know, I felt like that was something I might regret, you know, whether or not I made the team, um, you know, that was my only opportunity to, to try and play, to try and play on the Walker cup team. And, um, fortunately I was, I was picked for the team and, um, you know, whatever happens in professional golf, I feel like, um, you know, playing in the Walker cup was, was, will will no matter what happens, it'll always be up there in terms of, um, you know, my golf, golf accomplishments. Yeah. yeah it's gotta be, go ahead, Sean. It's gotta be a great feeling too, to, to go over there and, and win it on their home soil. Right. Like that's yeah. kind of the best case scenario for you guys. It's gotta feel really good and make the celebration even more fun. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have it any other way. I think it was definitely more fun to go over there and, uh, beat them on their home turf. Um, I don't think the U S team had done that since 07, I believe. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really cool to, to do that and, and to, uh, to celebrate with the team. Now your decision between staying am and going pro, is that something that your parents were involved in? Did you have lots of conversations with them or did they kind of give you the free will of this is your decision and, um, just feel it out? Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely talked it, talked it through with them, just kind of weighing the options. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, they just told me to, to do what I felt was right for me. Um, you know, for them, there was no rush. There was no pressure for me to turn pro right away or even turn pro at all, honestly, like, Mm -hmm. you know, they never pushed that upon me and it was, you know, basically my decision. Um, also had some conversations with, with my coach Conrad at Stanford and um, talked about it with Brandon too. Cause he was, he was in the same, same position. And uh, you know, we, um, we just both kind of felt that it was, it was worth the wait. And um, you know, luckily it worked out for the both of us. Totally. So moving into, can we talk about Houston? Sure. What was that like? What, what did you think about the course and um was it challenging with the delays or you got called off because of darkness and uh yeah. you ended up having a great week and a really strong finish but can you tell us a little bit about that week yeah sure um so i i had to monday qualify um and fortunately i was able to get through got through a playoff um that had to that was played tuesday morning because uh because 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 of darkness obviously so what was the number uh, to get in on monday 
Or I shot five. Uh, I shot five under, which I didn't think would be good enough, but the course was pretty tricky and the greens were really fast. So luckily that number held up. Um, yeah. So I shot five under actually made a hole in one. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Shit. That round. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. That was kind of, kind of cool. So it was testing. Uh, you had to get in at that point. You just knew it was your day. Yeah. I mean, I started to think about it, but then I proceeded to make two bogeys on par fives by three putting them. So I was like, wow, good job. Um, <laughs> but luckily, uh, luckily five under held up. Uh, got through that playoff the next morning, went through the whole process of getting tested and, and all of that. And then I didn't even get to play a full practice round. I played like 15 holes on Tuesday what? before it got dark. Oh and then Wednesday. Geez, there was just, just, just a week of darkness. fighting darkness. <laughs> Actually, though. And then Wednesday, there was a pro-am, so I couldn't play on the course. We could just like walk it. Um, Jesus. But yeah, the course the course itself was, was interesting. Um, it's It's probably not very much like uh the courses that at that other um the other venues for tour events that i've played and um yeah i think that the what made it tough was just the the new green complexes it, a, a lot it's a lot like pinehurst number two actually in terms of like the turtleback greens yeah. um they're bigger greens but you know they don't play as as big as they look, just because there's so much runoff and slope. Um, if you don't hit it in the right spots, so you could definitely get in some some weird spots around the greens, which which I definitely did. Um, and you know the Bermuda rough was also challenging to play out of. If you're not hitting the fairways, it's tough to hit into those greens from the Bermuda rough. But um, yeah, I mean I, I felt like I played solid for the most part um saturday was just was just a bad day it was just one of those days where you know it felt like i couldn't catch a break and just mm -hmm. hit a few made a few bad swings and um nothing went right that day but it was you know great experience you know every tour event i can play in is, there's so much to learn from and uh it's just great to be able to play with those guys yeah what do you what do you take away from from those weeks you played a, a few pga tour events now you played the Safeway two years in a row i believe yeah and uh you had a good finish last year what do you learn from playing against the best players in the world and does it give you a lot of confidence knowing that you can compete yeah it definitely does um you know i feel like the more the more i play out there and the more you know experience i get playing in those events i feel like um, I, I feel like I can tell myself that I, you know, I belong out there and that my game's good enough. Um, and I hit it just as good as, as those guys, if not better, it's just kind of getting some more experience under my belt and, um, you know, still working on the mental side of the game and, and how I manage my way around the course. I think course management is something that, uh, I still have to improve a lot on, um, you know, just eliminating, um, you know, silly mistakes here and there that giving a couple shots away around that add up over four rounds. Um, I think that's what, you know, experienced good, good tour pros do. Like they know their games really well and they're able to get the most out of their rounds for the most part. And I feel like I'm pretty close to doing that. I just, um, you know, kind of have to think my way around the course better and, and just execute too.
Yeah, so us three, we've been keeping up with the local IQ series that you've been doing a scratch, which is absolutely awesome. And you also have status on the McKenzie's tour, but can you go a little more in depth as to what your playing situation is like as you head into 2021? Yeah, so like you said, I played in a few of those local IQ events. Um, played in the first three of them. And then um, had, haven't played in one since, but my next event, I'm actually leaving on Saturday. The last local IQ event is uh, at TPC Sugarloaf, um, like near Atlanta. And the winner of that event will get a tour start in 2021. So that'll be, that'll be my last event of the year. Um, hopefully I can finish strong still a lot to play for. Um, and then haven't, haven't thought too much about my plan for next year. I mean, um, you know, there'll be some West coast events, PJ tour events, um, starting in January that I hope to hope to get into or, or to play in. And, um, yeah, for, for me, my goal is, is to try and get into corn Ferry finals next year. Um, which is, I think, next August, uh, August of next year. Um, and I think I can do that by finishing in the top 200 in FedEx Cup points. And to do that, I'll obviously need, need to play in more tour events. So hopefully I can I can play in a couple more and, and rack up some FedEx Cup points that would get me into Corn Ferry Finals next year. But um, like you said, I'll, I'll also have full status in, in Canada next year. So um can always play there too so it's it's still kind of fluid i mean this year has obviously been really weird but um you know i'll 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 figure it out kind of as i go and uh once the off season comes all you can do is just take it take it as it comes and keep playing good golf yeah yep so after sugarloaf are you just gonna shut it down heading into the holidays or are you gonna still be on the grind um i might shut it down for a little bit um been traveling i feel like i've been traveling a lot um definitely want to take a little break and you know kind of re recharge reset my body and then but yeah i'll definitely be back to the grind um in the off season I'll probably need to think about that more kind of what i need to what my goals will be for this off season what i need to improve but um yeah i'll probably get some work in with my with my swing coach as well and um yeah just continue to put in the time yeah so you know 2020 has been a total shit show of a year but what's even more of a shit show is the chili dip rapid fire segment so we're gonna we're gonna finish on nine rapid fire questions here just whatever comes to mind first it that's got to be your answer so first one what's your lowest round ever uh 60 it actually happened like a month ago at my home course jesus did you have a putt for 59 I did. I did. And I just lagged it up there from like 25, 30 feet. It was, <laughs> it was disappointing, but uh, it was a 60 nonetheless. And it was the course record, which was pretty cool too. Oh, that's sweet. What course was this? Yeah. Uh, California golf club. Cal club. Nice. That's, that's yeah, insane. I'm a member there. Yeah. All right. Who's your fate? Who's your favorite Stanford athlete? You can't say tiger though. Oh man. Um, kind of like blanking on some i'll I'll go with uh katie ledecky because she was actually yeah she was at stanford um at the same time i was and i just remember her being in the gym just working out like at the same time that we would 
and it was just like it would it was literally like jaw dropping just like how strong she is and like um you know just watching her work out it was like like kind of a little bit disheartening because I'm like wow she's so much stronger than me and she's just way she's a way better athlete than me like she's a Olympic like Olympian and all that but um yeah I definitely admire her favorite course you've ever played I'll go with Pebble Beach oh I knew you're gonna say something in California outside yeah, of California outside okay California. outside here I'll even go outside you're such a homer I know I'll go outside you're going outside the U.S. I'll go outside the country. Yeah. Um, wow. In Scotland, we took a team trip there, like my sophomore year, and we played 10 courses in like 10 days. And probably my favorite from that trip was uh, Royal Dornick. That one's, that course is awesome. So uh, that's definitely up there in my favorite courses. What's the weirdest thing you keep in your bag? Um, this can be really weird, but I keep floss in my bag. Like I have like is a little, like a, you ever pull like it out on the court or utility? Thing yeah. Tie things. Like, like just one of those like flaw, like little flossers. Like I have a little plastic bag with, uh, a with little like, so, yeah. Yeah. But I have like, I have a little plastic bag with like some emergency, like medication or like Advil or, uh, you know, I have like, I think I have eye drops in there, but, uh, also have floss in there just cause <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like I always need <laughs> floss at the weirdest times, even out on the course. So yeah. <laughs> wow, thinking ahead. Yeah. All right. Between the San Francisco golf courses, you got to pick one of them: Cal Club, Olympic, or SFGC. Cal Club, baby. I'm a homer. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, theme of the episode. Yeah, but I mean, I'm obviously a little bit biased, but I mean. I've been I mean, lucky to play. Holder. Yeah, I've been lucky to play all three of those, and they're all, all three of them are great courses. But the thing I like about Cal Club is that it's, it's very unique. It's very different from the other courses, just in terms of how it looks. Um, it's a different grass. It plays more like a links course almost. Um, plays it's got that rugged faster. look. It does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's always in. I think out of the three, you could easily say it's in the best condition too, like day in, day out, year round. It's it's always in great shape. And uh, yeah, definitely lucky that, that I can call that place my home course. Do you remember the last time you did not break 80? Wow, I don't. That's, that's, that's good. That's, that's, that's what we were hoping to hear. We were hoping for that answer. I'm literally trying to think of, Man, I don't know. That's good. Being on yeah, 80 sorry, right is a dark scene. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We were hoping. No, for that. we want we, we want that for you. If you think okay, yeah. If you think too hard, you'll lock your confidence. Yeah. When we yeah. ask that question to a pro, we're hoping for I don't know. That's <laughs> the best answer for us. Yeah, it's probably uh, a good thing that I don't remember. What's the sexiest shot in golf? Ooh, for me, I'm gonna say it's it's like a. I'm, it's probably because I have this shot a lot and I've gotten pretty good at it, but like a short-sighted like bunker shot or flop shot um, where you just like, you know, you're in like a really tough position and um, you just need to hit that high, high spinner that, you know, checks up close to the pin. I think that's a, 
that's a good that's a good one for me yeah that or like, you always or, feel yeah that one yeah. probably a close second is like flushing a three wood off the deck into like a par five mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah or a long too. or a long iron but yeah all right you hit a crappy shot what's your go-to swear my go-to swear <laughs> yeah <laughs> You what said you, you had a loud what are you mouth. Saying after you had a, yeah. What are you saying after oh you had a crap shot? I mean, it just depends on the day. I mean, there's so many I could, <laughs> I could throw out there. Um, I don't know. I'll just go with the classic F-bomb. That one's... That one's it's commercial. Always. It's commercial. Yeah. I'm sure, Rolls yeah. off the tongue nice. It does. It's just... It's, yeah. Can't hopefully, hopefully Mike's won't be picking that up when you're on the PGA Tour in a couple of years. Yeah, I, exactly might have to watch it be a little more careful but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> so last question for you you have a putt to win the masters but if you miss you have to quit golf forever what's the longest putt that you feel comfortable making we talked about this i think it would be like three inches for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so the longest putt where i'm like 100 percent confident i'll make it yeah um i'd or probably go up to I mean, I'd probably go up to like two feet max. I feel like once you get <laughs> yeah, once you get past I, yeah. like once you get past two and a half, three feet, then it could be yeah. like it's a crap shoot. It, it, yeah, I mean, I'd obviously take anything inside of like ten. I'd obviously have a putt. Like, it doesn't matter the length, but um, yeah, probably like two or three feet. <laughs> That's better than we were saying. We were we were <laughs> capping it off at like maybe. One foot two inches. We're like, wow. I, might, I might double hit it. Got, I might trip. Yeah, <laughs> like TC Chen. Like who knows? It's oh gonna man, oh man. It could be a shit show. But yeah, Isaiah, no, I feel that. Thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. And uh, good luck next week. Where Where are you headed off to again? Atlanta. Going to Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good but, luck. Play well, and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing we'll be pulling you. Pulling for you. Can you just just finish sure. off the episode by saying "Go Buffs." Sure. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, sure. <all> right. <laughs> if, I have, if I have to. No, you don't have to. You don't have. Oh, to. okay. All right. Go card then. How about that? <laughs> yeah, you guys are looking good go. this year. You got some good freshmen. Yeah. Doran. Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun to keep track of. But yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. I hit a chili dip. It was off the. It was off the hosel. I mean, Cameron Davis is a joke. Mike, you got any yeah. takes on the e-golf pro tour? You already have iron <laughs> covers. You already look like a giant <laughs> pussy. I don't care. I honestly don't give a struck- shit. He could be six feet under at this point, whoever WD. I didn't watch a single <clears throat> bit of it, but I'm going to chirp at the Fairmont St. Andrews because of the name. Yeah, Paul Tesori. Paul Tesori, friend of the pod. Neiman, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Friend so- of the pod on Betsy. Terrell Haddon, are you kidding me? And there is a raccoon. No joke, like 20 feet away. Florida. Say Florida, I'm hanging out. No, you can't say Florida.